getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash FarmEnergyAssessment. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle. Powered by Overtime Media, we are coming to you from the Vivid Seat Studio, and I am your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime, you know him, you love him, as the lead NFL writer for Heavy.com, he is Zach Kelberman. Zach, it's been a couple of days since last you and I were able to talk to the peeps. How you doing, brother? I'm hanging in there. You know, uh, it's it's a must-win situation for the Broncos this week. It's something I'm keeping my eye on. And, you know, all the momentum of the of the, the season and the pressure on the Broncos, you can start to feel it come out of Dove Valley. So I'm kind of getting a little anxious now. It's the middle of the week. You know, the Broncos are playing a very tough opponent on their home turf in Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. So I'm kind of getting excited about this game. Kind of a nervous energy, Chad. You know, I'm really excited to see how this team responds to this adversity. You know, under under Vance Joseph, we saw multiple multi-week losing streaks that just seemed like they would never end. In his first season, of course, there was that god-awful eight-game losing streak, and then they ended last season with a four-game losing streak. In fact, the Broncos are the worst team right now in terms of the longest existing losing streak, losing the Final Four last year and then losing the opening two games this year. That six-game losing streak is the longest currently in the NFL. However... I think right now people are sleeping on the Broncos a little bit, including opponents, and that's one of the reasons why we're excited to to talk to our guest today, which we'll get to in in just a few minutes. But I don't know, man. I feel like this Broncos team, they've kind of already crossed the Rubicon. There's no going back. They've they've burnt the bridges. And now it's just find a way, make a way, and they're getting a few guys back. At least it's looking like at least one starter's coming back this week. So I'm I'm feeling on a Wednesday we're recording this, on a Wednesday evening, I'm feeling, Zach, moderately optimistic about their chances this week. Yeah, people sleeping on the Broncos, I would say they're on tranquilizers right now. I mean, they're they're knocked out on Denver. So if they can spring this upset chat in Green Bay, it would get everyone's attention and eyes back on them. And that's the one way to turn the season around. One and two is a lot better than 0 and 3. No doubt about it. Well, guys, we have a great show for you today. We're going to invite on here in just a few minutes a phenomenal Green Bay Packers beat writer by the name of Bill Huber who covers the team for the Maven and Sports Illustrated. We'll get to him in just a few minutes. First, a couple of quick matters of business. As always, guys, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. 
That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. Don't forget to leave a creative review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you like what you hear. And if you're on YouTube, you guys, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. That makes a big difference, and, and also it ensures that you do not miss a single upload, whether it's a podcast or a piece of breaking Broncos news via video. Listen up, you guys. It's a fact. Refinancing your credit card balances can lower your interest rate and save you money. And you don't have to be a financial expert to do it. Right now, you can get a credit card consolidation loan from our friends over at Lightstream with a rate as low as 5.95% APR with AutoPay. That's lower than the average credit card interest rate, over 19% APR. And that means that you could literally save thousands of dollars in interest. Get a loan from $5,000 up to $100,000. And there are absolutely no fees, no application fees, no origination fees, no transaction fees, no prepayment penalties. You can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Consumer debt is a major plague upon our American society. Millions of families suffer from it. Let Lightstream help relieve that burden. Just for our listeners, apply now to get a special interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash huddle up. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash huddle up. Subject to credit approval, rate includes 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash huddle up for more information. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Before we invite Bill onto the show, I wanted to just go over the injury report. So we finally seen on Wednesday, we finally got to see some developments on the positive side, some encouraging uh, signs that the Broncos are getting, or inching anyway, a little bit closer to full strength. Let me just run through this for our listeners, and then I want to get, a, um, want to get your take. Bryce Callahan practiced. Now, he was practicing in limited fashion late last week. They, they worked him out before the game against the Bears, and it was a no-go. He's practicing again this week, so no setbacks, but he's still limited. 
Meanwhile, Todd Davis, who also showed a lot of momentum toward the end of last week in terms of his availability in practice as a limited participant, I thought he was going to play last week. But just like Callahan, they worked him out beforehand. Doctor said, nah, let's sit him one more time. But he finally, Davis, was a full participant in practice on Wednesday as the Broncos prepare to travel to Lambeau to take on the Green Bay Packers. So that's two good developments, two starters on the defensive side of the ball. I'm still ambivalent as to whether or not Callahan's trending in the right direction for, for playtime this week, but I'm feeling confident, Zach, I don't know about you, that Todd Davis is going to finally debut in 2019. This is one sentence I've never said before. I will never say again. The Broncos desperately need Todd Davis back in the lineup. I mean, the defense is falling apart in the middle of the front seven, even in run defense now, which is Davis' specialty. I'm right there with you. The fact that he not was limited but was full today would suggest that he's going to be close to 100% for the game. And going up against that Green Bay offense, even though they're mostly a passing attack, just having him out there on first and second downs to mitigate that running game and then t- take Corey Nelson off the field. It's, it's like addition by subtraction for Denver getting it back in the starting lineup. Uh, Callahan, that's the other thing that jumps out to me. They need him in the secondary for this game against Aaron Rodgers. All hands on deck. The the secondary did not look good the first two weeks, and they're going to be tested by a future Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm with you. I don't think he's a little bit up in the air. I think he'll go maybe on a limited basis, but Davis should be a full go, and uh, that's great news for Denver's defense. And that's the thing is we haven't really seen Fangio's and the team's vision for the defense take shape yet because they're missing two key components. They're missing their number one linebacker. As great as as Jewel has looked so far, I mean, he's shown some positive steps forward in his second year. Todd Davis remains the team's number one linebacker, not just in terms of wherewithal and ability and experience, but he is that, that defense's emotional leader, believe it or not. I mean, he is a firecracker for that team and can really give him a lift. Plus, Everything he brings to the table in terms of run fits and stopping the run. I mean, right now, Zach, the Broncos are ranked. Let me let me read this to you guys. The Broncos against the run currently are ranked 23rd in the NFL, relinquishing 125 and a half yards per game. Now, fans are wringing their hands, and justifiably so, over the fact that Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb, no one on the Broncos defense has been able to notch a single solitary sack through eight quarters of play, and they haven't been able to take the ball away. Well, one of the reasons for that is because of the favorable situations that the opponents have found themselves in with third and shorts because the Broncos, without Todd Davis, have not been able to stop the run consistently on first and second down. So when a team walks into a third and three and a third and two, the playbook's wide open. And what that means for linebackers and edge guys is they have to stay disciplined. They can't sell out and get after the quarterback because it could be a run. It could be a screen because the distance is so short to move the chain. So getting Todd Davis back, I honestly think, is really going to help in that department and set up, Zach, more of these uh, favorable in terms of sacks, which create turnovers, third and long situations. Von Miller, Bradley Chubb finally able to pin their ears back. Now, it doesn't get a whole lot easier for the Broncos this week because you got David Bakhtiari and Ryan, uh, what's his name, uh, I almost said Beluga, but it's – what is it? Beluga's a whale. What's his name? I think it is Beluga. No, Beluga, Balaga, whatever. Is, I'm sorry. Balaga. Something like that. Anyway, as the right tackle, two of the better – it's probably one of the best bookend tackle duos in the in the NFL right now. Yeah, it, to the point about Davis, you're absolutely right. He'll help on first and second down, but also third down if he's out there just by tying up blockers and letting Von Miller and Bradley Chubb go to work. 
But Green Bay's running attack, I mean, they have a really good player in Aaron Jones. He put up 116 yards against the Vikings defense last week and a touchdown. Those are good numbers against a tough front seven. He's not going to be an easy test for Denver, but getting their leading tackler back, uh, their true ILB one in that lineup. I don't think Josie Jewell was thriving in that role. And getting him back out there, and like you said, the emotional component and having their leader back on defense, it should give this D a boost. Because honestly, in most facets, they couldn't have looked worse the first two weeks. Last thing, and then we're going to get Bill on here, is that you know we, we, we haven't seen the defensive vision fully take shape because of lacks in personnel. Obviously, when the injury bug strikes the Broncos the way it did this past summer, they haven't been able to see that take shape yet. But we can say the same thing for the offensive side of the ball. Now, Jawan James, he's still going to be out for another couple weeks at least. But the Broncos got Andy Janovich back at practice on Wednesday. Now, he was a limited participant so his availability for week three, very much up in the air. I wouldn't be surprised if, if they just play it safe and plan on rolling him out there in week four against Jacksonville. But really good news that Andy Janovich is back at practice with that pectoral strain he had in the preseason. And then also Joseph Jones. We talk about the lack of depth the Broncos have had. They've, I mean, Josie Jewell and Corey Nelson, they've been playing an insane number of snaps to open this season with the injuries to Davis and Jones. Davis, full participant. Joseph Jones finally returned from his triceps injury as a limited participant as well, Zach. Oh, man. I I actually really hope, and I never really push players to um, push through injuries or gut it out or come back too early, but I really hope Janovich can play in this game. If the Broncos would smart to take Aaron Rodgers out of the game, keep him on the sideline, keep the clock moving, they would employ a two-headed running attack, a ground-heavy approach in this game, and what better way to do that than to have your lead blocker in Jano? So if he could go, I would hope and prefer that he does because Royce Freeman, especially Philip Lindsay, they're going to be key to keeping Rodgers on the sideline and hopefully converting in the red zone and putting up some points this week. You know, you take away a couple of those facepalm holding calls on Garrett Bowles, the Broncos probably are averaging over 100 yards per game rushing, but right now they're currently ranked 20th in the NFL, averaging 92.5 yards on the ground per game. Getting Jano back, I'm telling you guys, it's, it's an underrated component. His ability to single up with a linebacker and just blow him up and take him out of the play. He's an experienced fullback, and the Broncos have been trying to get, get by with Andrew Beck, who they added off waivers at the you know f- final cutdowns from, from New England. You know, he's a tight end slash part-time fullback. Jano's a full-time fullback, has been dating all the way back to Nebraska. So I think that's going to be a boost for this rushing defense, going on, or rushing offense, excuse me, going on the road and facing a Packers defense, who we're going to talk to Bill Huber about here in just a second, that is, you know, they're pretty pliable against the run. They're relinquishing 122 yards per game. So they've been stellar in almost every other facet, the Packers defense, but against the run, they've been pliable, Zach. And also the fact that Jano is really good on specials. I think that's a, a component that'll help uh, Tom McMahon's unit. It's just all around a, a win for the Broncos if they get him on the field. A good locker room leader, a good guy on the huddle, good lead blocker, good on specials. It would immediately upgrade this Broncos offense for this game and give them a better chance of pulling off the upset in Green Bay. All right, we're going to get Bill on the horn here in just a second. First, we're going to take our only break of the day. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. 
Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. And joining us now is the publisher of Packer Maven, known formerly as Packer Report, the man, the myth, the legend. He's a friend of mine. He's a friend of Zach's. Great guy, knowledgeable beat reporter for the Green Bay Packers, Bill Huber. Bill, how are you, man? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Good. Well, we're we're rolling with the zero and two punches. Hanging, you know, yeah, you know hanging I mean? in there. Yeah, I, I'm sure that's going real. I'm, I'm sure that's going over real well out there. <laughs> yeah, after the last couple of years that this uh, this fan base has suffered through, Zach and I, we've we've been like the uh, the finger in the dike boy, you know. <laughs> but uh, we're happy to get you on the horn with the Packers, obviously on on deck this week. We want we had a few questions for you. So first and foremost, though, we noticed that. Uh, Jimmy Graham is on the injury report. Looks like a groin. I noticed on Twitter you you uh, talked about how if they hadn't have done a walkthrough practice on Wednesday, he probably wouldn't have practiced. What's the situation there? Couldn't tell you, to be honest. Uh, he was listed as did not participate with that groin that you mentioned. Um, Coach Matt LaFleur talks to us in the morning before they practice. So we had absolutely no idea, and he, he doesn't talk about injuries anyway. And the team did not practice today because they've got a game coming up next Thursday. So um, I know nothing. Honestly, I, I couldn't tell you a thing about it. We'll find out, maybe find out something tomorrow. But, you know, being a, being a veteran guy who's played 150 games or whatever he's played, I'm guessing there's not a giant concern that he could, you know, that, that he couldn't play without practicing. I think as long as he's healthy, he'll be, he'll be out there on Sunday. But, again, I, I couldn't tell you if it's a serious deal or just uh, – precautionary because uh, LaFleur is, is very cautious with his injuries and very thorough with his injury reports. He puts a lot of guys on there. Yeah, I noticed that. that that's a long, long list. And for those of you who missed it, check out Bill's yeah, Twitter. It's miserable. Yeah. I, had type in, I had to type in all 16 of those guys today. <laughs> <laughs> Part of my day. Now, Bill, I have a question, and kind of brass tacks here. You know, any Broncos fan going into this game, everyone's going to want to know about Aaron Rodgers and that Packers offense. Are they better than what, you know, the Packers have been under uh, Mike McCarthy of years past? Does Aaron Rodgers look, you know, more improved? Is he jiving with Matt LaFleur? Tell me how the state of the Green Bay offense is going into week three. Looking over his stats from the Vikings game, I mean, Aaron Rodgers wasn't horrible, 22-34, 209, two touchdowns, no picks, but that's not the huge numbers game we see from Rodgers. So is he a better quarterback this year? Is he neutral? Is he worse? What's the deal with Rodgers? Yeah, probably neutral. The offense isn't very good, um, and by very good, I mean if you look at go to pro or you go to Football Outsiders and they have their drive stats. If you go to yards per drive, Green Bay is ahead. Of, Green Bay is ahead of only Miami. Miami is obviously the worst team on, on in the galaxy, so that's not good. Um, I will say two things: a) they played the Bears and the Vikings. The Bears led the league in points last year. The Vikings led the league in points in 2017, so they, they didn't play the Sisters of the Poor. So you played two really good defenses, and you know it's the new scheme. They didn't play the preseason. So I think you combine the fact that 
it's going to be a work in progress, and everybody, and everybody acknowledges that. And you combine that with two really good defenses. I don't think it's a gigantic surprise. The offense has been pretty poor. They were great for the first 16 minutes of Sunday's game against the Vikings. The offense was phenomenal. It was 21 to nothing in the blink of an eye. And then, you know, two and a half hours later, they, they've still got 21 points. So it's it's a mess. Rodgers is the, the protection hasn't been great. Um, he hasn't had a lot of guys open. Um, he's he was pretty accurate against Minnesota. He was not accurate against the Bears. Um, it's it's they've got a, they've got a lot of stuff to figure out this week for sure. Extenders obviously no pushover on defense. And that's one thing I wanted to ask you about too, Bill. Being that you covered the the Packers throughout the duration of Vic Fangio's tenure there in Chicago as defensive coordinator. You know, Broncos fans right now are kind of feeling a little punch drunk. They don't know what to think because everyone was so excited to get the defensive wizard that coordinated that Bears defense last year that led them to, you know, number one rankings in so many different statistical categories. And yet this defense in Denver comes out under Fangio in in two weeks, even though, as you said, they, they haven't been pushovers. We haven't seen a sack yet. We haven't even seen a takeaway. And so fans are, are not, and of course the losses keep coming. The Broncos are 0-2, even though that second loss against Chicago was really a weird end-of-game scenario and kind of a heartbreaker. But what's the, what's the view in, in Green Bay of Vic Fangio, and especially with this Broncos team that's trying to dig itself out of a hole that they've been in, double-digit losses two years in a row, they're trying to climb out of that. What's the view on Fangio and this Broncos squad that's going to be rolling into Lambeau? Yeah, Fangio's fantastic. Um you go to his four years of the Niners and his four years of Chicago. I'm, I'm going to write the story later today, so I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm guessing they probably played, including playoffs, 12 or 13 times during that span. And, you know, Fangio, I don't want to say he had Rodgers' number, but he, just, he had about as much success, he and Mike Zimmer, as anybody. Now, Mike Zimmer's got great personnel. Vic Fangio and Chicago had great personnel. I, I think the personnel's fine with Denver, right? I mean, does anybody think that their personnel's not any good? I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I, I think, you know, just talking to Rodgers and some of the guys today, there's been a lot of quick passing and a lot of chipping of, of uh, Chubb and Miller yep. to kind of mitigate that. So if you're going to chip those guys or double them, then it's up to everybody else to, to perform. Um, but the Broncos are getting them 20 points a game. That should be good enough to win most weeks. And I, the turnovers will come and the sacks will come because they've always been there for Fangio. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be overly concerned about, about that side of the ball. He's a... His track record is fantastic. Now, Bill, you hit on Denver's scoring defense. Chad was telling me, I didn't realize, that the Packers have apparently a good uh, red zone defense or, or playing good red zone or, or good defense in the red zone. They're, and putting they're, the, clamps they're down. the second scoring defense right now, ranked number two, giving up nine and a half points per game. There it is. Yep. So what could you say about the defense this year? I mean, is it just a, a one-week wonder? Is it an outlier, or is this a, a much-improved unit? And on top of that, a lot of Broncos fans this offseason wanted Adrian Amos, and he's been, I think, a good addition to that Packers defense. Was he worth the money? Is is he a difference maker in that secondary, and is he someone that Flacco's going to have problems with on Sunday? Yeah, he's a glue guy. Um, he had the game-winning interception against the Bears a couple weeks ago. That's it's really not his thing. I mean, he's never been a. I mean, he's got four picks in five years, or four picks in four plus seasons. I hate to say five years now. It's only two games, but he's never been a great playmaker. But he just makes all the all the plays that are there, all the plays that need to be made. He makes them. You know, he 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 gets the guy down. He covers. He plays run support. He's where he needs to be. He gets guys lined up. It's it's all the other things. Um, I I remember when they signed him. I mean, I, I was ready. You know, he had three interceptions in four years in Chicago. I, I, you know, I talk about him being a playmaker, and 
their secondary coach said, well, when I think of plays, I think about guys getting tackled. I think about, you know, um, the guy being covered. Um, it's, it's kind of those things that it's not the splash plays, it's the, it's the eliminating of splash plays. He's, he's just really good at that. Um, as far as the defense, the defense is legit. I've been saying it for months now. The defense is going to be terrific. A, because Mike Patton's a really good coordinator. And B, the, the first, they, they bought so much personnel. They, they bought Cedarius Smith, who's been fantastic. They bought Preston Smith, who's been fantastic. So those guys are infinitely better than Clay Matthews and Nick Perry were last year. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's not even close. Uh, and then safety was this gigantic dumpster fire where they got rid of Ha, Clinton Dix in midseason. They got rid of Jermaine Whitehead in midseason. Kentrell Bryce was always hurt. Um, and then moving cornerback Tremont Williams to safety, it was, it was a total disaster. Well, they, they signed Amos, or Amos, and then they draft Darnell Savage in the first round. So the two position groups where they're just god-awful last year, they've gone out and invested. At outside linebacker to Smiths and Rashawn Gary, the first-round pick, and then at safety it's Amos and in Savage, the corners are already fine. So now that you've got decent corners, now you've suddenly got a pass rush. Yeah, the defense is good, and it's going to be good. This isn't a fluke. Um, they'll get tested here in a bit because they got after this game they got Wentz and they've got Prescott and they've got Stafford and they've got Carr, Mahomes, and Rivers. So they got a whole bunch of quarterbacks coming up. No offense to Joe Flacco by leaving <laughs> him out, but um, we're going to find out more. But this defense is legit, and it's going to be it's going to be good. It's it's going to hold up. Is it going to be number two in the league in scoring by the end of the year? I'm not sure about that, but if, if these guys aren't top ten, someone's head should roll because they got, they've got the personnel to do it. I was just going to say, man, looking at their numbers on the game uh, release, the pregame release that we get sent, I mean, they're, they're in the green on almost every major statistical category. I'm looking at that defense, takeaways, they've got five so far, tied for first in the NFL. Sacks, they've already racked up six, which, you know, you compare that to Denver's measly zero, and it's, it looks like a, a million right now, tied for eighth. But their third down percentage, they're only allowing the Packers opponents to convert on third down 25% of the time. Meanwhile, Broncos fans, think about this. The Denver Broncos are only are, are allowing opponents to convert 52% of the time. So, And then in the red zone, they haven't allowed a single touchdown in the red zone build. That's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's easy to look at sacks, but it's the first and second down stuff too. I mean, you, you get them in the third long, you you got a fight and chance there. Um, the Bears, they they just demolished the Bears. The Vikings, well, well Delvin Cook ran for a million yards. He had seventy five on one play, and you know that's not an asterisk. It's just it's just a fact. I mean, you you can't give up seventy five yard touchdowns, but you take away that one, they play good run defense for most of the game. So you play. Really good run defense, and then you get third longs, and then third longs come, and you get to go turn your guys loose. So it's a it's a pretty simple formula, and their and their corners are good. Um, as long as Kevin Kinkin can stay healthy, which is not which he's been un, unable to do his first years, but he's been fantastic. And Jair Alexander's their first round pick from a year ago, and he's he's really good. Alexander said that they're the best corners in football. A lot. I'm not. I wouldn't go that far, but. When you combine at least really good corners with a, with a legit pass rush and the ability to get guys in the third and, third and long, um, it adds up into this. Again, they're going to play better quarterbacks than, than Trubisky and, and Cousins, but so far, so good. Uh, Bill, I want to take your temperature on this game from kind of an outsider's point of view, or at least a, a point of view from someone who's you know covering the opposing team. 
this is, I would say, a must-win game for the Broncos at 0-2, and this is could be a possible early-season trap game if even one exists this early in the season. But with the Broncos coming into Green Bay, how are they being viewed right now? Are they a laughingstock? Are they um, an under-the-radar team that the Packers can't take lightly or overlook? What is, would you say, is one thing that's a daunting quality that the Broncos bring to the table as an opponent? And what's one thing that the Packers think they can you know, dominate in, or what's one thing they're not really scared of at all when facing a team like the Broncos? Yeah, I think the Packers aren't taking these guys lightly. Um, look, they beat the Bears last week, right? Those standings might not show, but they beat the Bears. Everybody knows they beat the Bears. <laughs> yeah. and, Green Bay's, and Green Bay's got all the respect in the world for Chicago. So from Green Bay's perspective, they're playing a one-on-one team that beat the Bears. And now because they didn't beat the Bears, they're pissed off about it. So I, I think they, they respect that. Um, it's, and how do you look at the defense and think anything besides they're fantastic? I mean, Chubb and Miller are not going to have zero sacks much longer. Um, Chris Harris is a hell of a cornerback. Cal- the Packers respect the heck out of Callahan from his years with the Bears. Um, yeah, it, there, there's no way to look past these guys, especially when you look at Green Bay's offense, and they're not any good at this point. So, no, they're not looking past these guys at all. Um, the other side of the ball, you know, maybe, you know, maybe there's a, the danger of being a little high on the horse after two really good games and, and seeing Flacco come to town, and he's a, a sackable guy. Um, who doesn't have a lot of big play threats. So maybe that's on the ball, but I, I think it's just way too early in the year to get talk about trap games and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, neither one of us are big prediction guys, but I know our, our listeners are really going to want to know. Bill, our last question for you tonight is, how do you see this game unfolding? I The last I checked, the Packers were 7.5-point favorites, obviously. But uh, how do you see this game unfolding? What's your prediction? I'm owing two for my predictions, so I don't. I don't know if you. If I, I don't know what that means. Otherwise, I'm not nearly as smart as I would hope I'd be. You know, I. It's hard to cover seven and a half when you can't score. So that's a big point spread for an offense that's just right. kind of spinning their wheels. I mean, they've they played one and a half good quarters. They played. They had one good drive against the Bears, and they played a terrific quarter against the Vikings. The rest of the time hasn't been very good. I think Green Bay wins. I mean, they're playing. They're at home. The defense is fantastic, and. I do think the offense will get going at some point. I think they win. Covering that spread, though, for a team that can't score or has had a trouble scoring, that's, that seems like a tall order, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, hey, Bill, thank you for joining us tonight, you guys. Make sure you check out Bill on Twitter, at Bill Huber, S-I. Check out his work uh, at footballmaven.io or slash Packers. He does phenomenal work. Longtime credential journalist covering this, this Green Bay Packers team. So, Bill, thanks for joining us. It's been a true pleasure. All right, take care, guys. I appreciate it. Great conversation there with Bill. A phenomenal follow on social media. Make sure you guys check him out, at Bill Huber, SI. And check out his, his pre-week three work on the Broncos and the Packers matchup. Definitely worthy. Zach, I think that should do it for today. We've, we've covered a lot of ground, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with the, the VIP mailbag simulcasting on YouTube. But I say uh, sayonara to our listeners. Yeah, I mean, uh, I hope Broncos fans are still hanging in there, though. It's something we've been saying the last couple of pods. Don't discount this team. Don't boycott. Don't, you know, not watch on purpose on Sunday. Hang in there. Uh, Keep listening to the pods. Watch the Packers game. The Broncos might just play a little better, might spring the upset. Um, It's definitely worth monitoring Broncos fans. All right, you guys, make sure you follow the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. You can find my partner here, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, at KelbermanNFL. Myself, at Chad N. Jensen. Stay tuned. We will be back in the saddle tomorrow night. We'll be simulcasting live on YouTube at 8 p.m. That's Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time 
on YouTube for the VIP mailbag. So we'll talk to you guys then. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. Have a good day. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.